how often, or am I just too old if I say to you, follow the bear? Follow the bear, Hoffmeister beer. It's yeah, still, you yeah. still get that? Yeah, I get it all the time. Genuinely, um, sometimes I'll be, you know, having a conversation, like a phone call where I'm having to fill out a form or something, or book something, I don't know. And I'll, I might say, oh, you know, Ben Hoffmeister. Uh, and yeah, they'll pretty much always make that reference or, or either laugh or say, that's a cool name. Um, so it's, I feel like, I always joke with my mates saying, I don't know if I live up to the name. <laughs> it's quite a, it's quite a good. Uh, it's quite, it's, it's a cool it's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta really. But I messaged the, um, as a the CEO of the Hofmeister obviously brewery, which is still going on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, dropped him a, a LinkedIn message once, just saying, hey, you know, it's Ben. You know, you know just check in, see if my royalties are, are still held aside. Um, and he found it quite funny. He responded and stuff and said, I don't think uh, there's anything there. there you you know. But yeah, it's worth a try. You know, you well, never know. everyone, I'm Alex Feeney and this is the Accidental Startup Podcast and you've just heard a little bit of Ben Hofmeister at the start of the episode. And with a name like Hofmeister, I feel that there comes with it a certain level of expectation or pressure. Unfairly so perhaps, after all, he didn't choose his name, but it's a name where, upon hearing it, Hofmeister, you wouldn't be surprised if he told you he was an astronaut or an American football star or an Arctic explorer. This Hofmeister is none of those things, but don't be too disappointed, because he is the founder and director of not one, but two companies, and he manages to look unfeasibly young and fresh-faced despite this. His first company, started pretty much straight from university, is a sports marketing company, and it was while he was working with a mixed martial arts organization he came across what would become his second Kokora sells CBD oil and other related products. Now, if you don't know much about CBD oil, not to worry, you're not alone, and there's a pretty good reason why, which we'll get to later on in our chat. But first, Ben told me about the very personal reasons he has for starting Kokora in the first place. So, to start with the uh, business link, I guess, was we were working with Cage Royce. Uh, we, were, we were basically speaking to them, trying to um, pitch our, our work and say, look, we'd love to work with you guys, up and coming sport in the UK. Um, yeah, we'd love to kind of help you with your commercial partnership side. So we were speaking with them, went to a few events, um, and they had just got a new sponsor on board called Isosport. Um, and they were an American-based CBD company. Um, so just naturally we're speaking to them, it was just like, tell me about your brands. Um, wanted to understand what they were trying to achieve, who the market, the target market was, uh, what their story was, all that kind of stuff. Um, and through them, started to learn about CBD and, and how athletes in cage roys and in um, other uh, sports like NFL and especially in America um, were taking CBD products, uh, mainly for pain management and recovery. Um, uh, but there's also a, a stress management level to it, obviously being in a high pressurized scenarios. And so, yeah, started reading about CBD. Um, obviously, CBD is uh, a compound from the cannabis plant, the hemp plant, um, and started to see there was a lot of research going on, especially in North America, about um, CBD's potential uh, treatment for cancer patients, for uh, Parkinson's, for epilepsy, um, and it seemed to be having this kind of wonder drug um, label to it. I don't think it is, but um, it was something that was picking up and there were some really cool uh, studies and you can pull some up online. It's just uh, a little bit mind-blowing. Anyway, that was the kind of business link to it. 
the personal link to it was um, I've always kind of had a bit of a interest in health and well-being both physically and mentally um, when I was two years old my uh, dad was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor um, so it was terminal cancer um, and so I was two my mum was pregnant my sister at the time um, and I think because she was a pregnant woman um, they decided to tell her first uh, basically give her a bit of warning and say look unfortunately uh, it's terminal it's not looking good um, and we estimate it's about six months to live so it might not make it till Christmas um, I would advise you to get your affairs in order all that kind of stuff so um, she kind of took that news on um, and basically pushed back and saying, look, we're, we'll tell him that, but we'll say everything bar he has six months to live. Because you're uh, an authority th figure, you're a doctor. Um, if you say to him, you have six months to live, just that thought alone recurring in his head over and over again would almost like confirm it and, and potentially aid towards manifesting it. Um, so I think she was really like ahead of her time in that sense. Um, the doctors fired back saying unfortunately we have to, it's kind of our protocol. Um, in the end she won the argument um, and they said, okay we won't tell him. So they told me I had terminal cancer, didn't tell him he had six months to live. Um, uh, Mum then went away, did a load of research and herbal remedies, what could he do, what could she do to help, you know, ranging from just different kind of uh, food medicines, Reiki, meditation, things along that nature. Uh, he did try and smoke a bit of cannabis as well, um, so fair play to him. And, um, and he lived six years, just, yeah, just about. Um, so he got to see me grow up, he got to see Amy born with my sister, and I genuinely believe that a, a lot of it has to um, originate from that decision not to tell him he has six months to live, because the power of the mind is like, I think we, we don't even, it's something we're talking about more in society, but we still don't quite know to what extent yeah, mindset, isn't it? Mindset, yeah, mindset, mindset is so such a, an important part. It becomes, you know, so it has become much more of a, uh, a part of our sort of daily culture. You know, where where's your mindset if you if you readdress or you know or sort of reset and look at something in a different way? Then you know, you're changing your mindset that way. So the, the, yeah, the, from that point of view, then yeah, it, it does sound like she was ahead of her time um, and should have been writing books about it. Yes, yeah, she could. I, I've said to her she'd make a great book. Um, but uh, so yeah, so they, they did that. He lived six years. He got to see uh, me and Amy grow up a little bit, um, and then sadly passed away when I was uh, seven. Um, and then the next kind of personal introduction to it was when I was 15 years old. My sister was killed in a car accident, so she was 13 at the time. She was cycling with a friend, uh, a couple, you know, locally, a family from Taunton. Um, they decided to go to a pub. Uh, have a few too many to drink. Thought it'd be a good idea to race home. So they bombed it home on the 30 mile an hour road, our residential road. Um, the guy was doing like 81 miles an hour, top speed, and she was doing like 66. Uh, obviously, you can't do a turn like at a certain speed. So they just kind of took her out, and it was a, a big case at the time. Um, and uh, I got to see the effects that had on like, my family, in particular my mum. Me, I had a bit of time to kind of get away from it by going to university but that's when I dealt with a lot of stuff um, and I, I just saw the more the mental side of things how depression can play a huge kind of part in, in someone's lives and how difficult it is um, 
and how we still don't quite know how to solve it or, or deal with it. Um, but luckily I didn't go on any antidepressant drugs, didn't get involved in any of that stuff. Had a few difficult years, but kind of came out of it, I believe, in a, a relatively strong place. Um, to the point where I'm kind of grateful for it in some way. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but it has taught me a hell of a lot, which I think at this age is really uh, quite uh, lucky or... Um, uh, yeah, it's just something I'm grateful for, really. Well, again, mindset, isn't it? You know, you, you could yeah. you could quite easily uh, be looking at that and say, you know, and look at it from the negative point of view. Yeah. You know, look at what you lost. Yeah, yeah. But you've obviously decided to accept what you've lost, not forget that, but yes. at the same time, look at what you've learned. Yes, exactly. And that's you know that that that's trying to that that's adjusting a mindset to go well. This has made me stronger. This has made me more determined. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. You know, there's a yeah, there's I, a huge I, credit, a huge amount of credit has to go to you there for thank you to, yeah. to, to pull that. Yeah, yeah, I read, I, I got really into uh, meditation. I got really into Eastern philosophy, and it was just reading those types of either books or just statements or whatever it was, kind of added some greater context to a certain event in mm. your life, which I think a lot of times we're always looking for that meaning behind something, and when you don't have, uh, I guess, a sense of what that could be. It becomes very confusing and very uncertain, and, uh, and that's when things just spiral. Uh, whereas for me, it just it helped me just appreciate, even if it was just yin-yang, learning about that symbol and what it means, um, and that sparked an interest in how you can't have good without bad, bad without good. Um, if you can just apply that to as many times or moments that you can, it just helps. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that worked, and, and yeah, and, and it's, so uh, that's that's kind of the personal side of why I got into. I wanted to get into, involved with something that was uh, health and well-being orientated. Yeah. So is your house then just a an entire <laughs> wall of inspirational quotes, ethnic blankets, and patchouli oil? Is that what it's like? It was probably very um, uh, stereotypical when uh, I first got into it. I right. had like um, what are they? Those, have you seen those? Sticky whiteboard things, you can, they're kind of like sheets you can rip off and you yeah, can yeah, yeah, chuck yeah. them on the wall. Chuck them on the wall yeah, I used to yeah. write quotes on that. Right. I used to have pictures of, of the earth and all that kind of stuff. Wow. I've dialed it back now. Okay. I've dialed good. it back. Um, good. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I do, you know, luckily myself and my partner, uh, she's a positive psychologist as well, so naturally, uh, you know, she a adds to that stereotype. Oh, God, a lot are, of you, are you pair insanely happy positive people then? Because <laughs> no. I can't. Oh, I, I wish, I wish. Um, we're going to walk out right now, otherwise. No, um, sometimes we laugh at ourselves. We just, you know, we can be up, down, do you know what I mean? Um, okay. But we okay. just make sure that the setting is important. Make yeah, sure yeah, we have a yeah. nice local environment that helps. Yeah, so the, the professional and the personal then uh, collided to a certain extent and that gave birth to... Yeah, so that big, uh, so kind of dialing right back, um, speaking to, uh, to Isosport, got really into um, looking into CBD and what the potentials were. So I wanted to put some momentum behind that industry. I believe in the legalization of cannabis and the hemp plant not just for medicinal or recreational uses, but for other eco-environmental-friendly um, uses, which I can elaborate on later. Um, but yeah, start looking into that, um, trialed some of the products, which helped me. Um, one of the main benefits was kind of muscle and joint pain. So for like MMA fighters, you know, after a fight going five rounds with uh, another bloke toe-to-toe, -to -toe, you're probably going to be quite you know, sore. Sore afterwards. Sore. Yeah, yeah, just a bit of an yeah. eagle. And, uh, and yeah, so... Um, you know, started to look into that side. My nan had arthritis, 
So I gave her uh, some cream and said, look, try this. I didn't tell her exactly what it was because I thought, okay, she's going she's to think I'm a drug dealer. So I'll just say, here's some cream. Um, so it's probably not the most ethical uh, study to ever be done. Um, but yeah, I just said, try this. She tried it and then, yes, called me up and said, that cream was amazing. Can you get some more? So I went to Holland and Barrett to, to look for some more. And all of the products were like just the most clinical looking products you can imagine in yeah. Holland and Barrett. Yeah. Or the other version was a marijuana leaf stuck on the front. Yes. And I was like, yeah. well. So th this is, I suppose that this is the, the, the issue then is, um, so, uh, what is it, an image. Yeah, there's, there's an image, yeah. There's an image and stereotype, isn't it? So people think CBD or they see CBD and they think marijuana. Marijuana, and they think, high. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they're thinking. And it's not that. No, 100%. No. Yeah, and uh, so I was, so, uh, I wasn't annoyed, that's not the right word, but I was kind of inspired to think, like, oh, well, there's, there's an opportunity here to create something which, yes, incorporates CBD, um, but is more than that. It's, as I said, it's more maybe um, focused towards the mental as well as the physical. Um, and so hence, you know, wanted to come up with my own brand, uh, and that's kind of where Kokora was born. Um, and the name itself, Kokora, as I'd mentioned, I'm into Eastern philosophy. There's a word in Japanese, which I'm not going to absolutely butcher this. It's probably not said this way, but I'll give it a good go. But it's Kokoro, it's a K-O-K-O-R-O. -O -O. Mm -hmm. And it means the alignment of mind, body, and spirit. Okay. So to kind of be centered, to be balanced, your chakras are in order kind of thing. Um, and I just really liked that word. It kind of stuck out to me. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and so, in the end, merged it with the word aura. Is in your aura. Yes, and, yes. And hence, Kokora. And uh, I like. I see. Name. I see where you went with that. Yeah. And, yeah. And that was the kind of first time I was a bit. Um, well, looking back now, trying to create something which was uh, in alignment with my beliefs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, how much is? Um, so the CBD industry is growing very quickly, isn't it? Yes. So, have you tried so, CBD, by the way? I haven't, no. But, oh, here we are. Um, I need to sort you out. But uh, producer Dan, who I work with on, on other Eat Sleep Media productions, he does use CBD oil, and he swears by it. And amazing. He, and he uses the muscle cream as well, and he swears by it as oh, well. Oh, amazing. So, um, so yes, we, we have some experience with this already. But, I mean, the, the industry is expanding rapidly. Now, when that happens, what happens is uh, uncertainty and a certain amount of exploitation comes into the market. So, sure. you know, that, that's, that's a danger and then that starts to taint a market. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it is an emerging market, because it is so brand new, you, like anything, you're going to get some good people, you're going to get some... Uh, Kind of, I guess, bad people. Chances. Um, yeah, chance. chances. Let's be polite. Chances. Yeah, chances. You're going to get some people who are maybe seeing the dollar signs or the pound signs and going, right, okay, I can get in on yeah. this action. Uh, and maybe coming from a different point of view, maybe coming from a, a different agenda. Yeah. And, you know, they're trying to get some products out there, which, you know, I guess might be classified as CBD, but maybe is isn't. They actually did a study. They recently took a lot of CBD products on the shelves. Um, to see if what was on the label was, was what was in the product and a lot of them like majority weren't um, right. and so there is a genuine a, a genuine issue with um, I guess cowboy companies or yeah, yeah, cowboy yeah. products out there which is which needs to be addressed and, and it will be addressed yeah they're bringing in more legislation next year they're tightening up the manufacturing side of things so for example they have to get a certain license uh, if they don't have a license you just can't buy from them yeah so you've got a cool name Okay, Kokora, yeah. and Good you and funny. <laughs> spotted that uh, there was people were either going for the um, 
sort of staid medical type uh, field, or they would just stick a marijuana plant uh, leaf yes. on it, and you know, that was it. So you went right. No, I'm going to go somewhere in the middle or yeah. there and, and have something which 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 feels a bit bit different. Yeah. Then you can't grow marijuana. No. So. The next problem then, I guess, was supply line. Yes. How did you find CBD oil? And how, when you found it, did you go, yes, this is the oil that I'm looking for? Yeah, so I did just a load of research. Um, I looked at the main suppliers in the US, um, and you can kind of see the ones that provide more transparency in, in either their farm or their manufacturing process, where they get the products from. Um, the method in which they grow it, because there's a few different met- methods you can do it, wow. ethanol, CO2, that has a difference on what the oil, kind of, um, uh, the end product is like. Um, so I just started looking around, looked at who the main manufacturers were, um, asked for samples, tried them myself, um, took my time with it, uh, found some products that I really liked, found some flavours I really liked, uh, which I thought complemented it, um, and thought, okay, well, that's a good starting point. Now, does that mean that I want to kind of dial in and evolve the products um, uh, as we go? Yes, like I want to get, I want to add some things now, just naturally through reading more and more every day, you kind of figure out, oh, okay, well actually this could complement CBD really well. And I think we're trying to position ourselves to the point where we're saying that CBD is great and it has these benefits, but it isn't the be all and end all. You have to have other things with it. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of in that phase now. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued then. So in the US, there are uh, generic CBD oil makers, and you ordered to, uh, they would do something bespoke for you? or, or what So initially, I started with white label. So yeah. I looked at their catalog, asked them what the products they could produce and what the ingredients were, um, you know, what makes them different. Um, trial than myself uh, so I kind of got a I don't want to say off the shelf because it isn't quite off the shelf you can you have some flexibility and yeah. you can decide what holding oil you want and things like that um, so yeah I just started mainly on private uh, white label first with the goal to then go more towards the private label ie I would like to add these ingredients this, um, is, yeah, this is my blend. this is my bespoke product I would yeah. like yes that means the quantities have to be larger um, so you have to have a bit more budget behind you, but yeah. um, that's kind of where we're edging towards now, which is that tailored product for us. Research suggests the CBD industry in the UK is worth anything between 300 to 400 million pounds, and it could be worth as much as a billion by 2025. But there is other research which claims these figures are wildly underestimating, and the true value could be anything up to six times higher. Globally, I've seen market value projections of anything between 20 and 30 billion pounds in a matter of years, which just goes to show analysts have either been smoking a lot of what they should be studying, or they're as clueless as the rest of us. Whichever figure you plump for, though, they are big numbers. But there are also quite big barriers, especially here in the UK at the moment. As you've heard, while more regulation and legislation may be on the way, there isn't much at the moment, so it's a bit of a Wild West market. Ben has to source his products from the States and is very careful about it. Not everyone is, though. And there's another problem, which comes back to my point at the start of the programme about why you may not know much about CBD oil. It's because you can't really talk about it. 
you can't make any medical claims. You could call it a food settlement, but then there are a whole other set of rules that you have to follow, so it's really quite tricky. If all you've got, then, is your product name and some pretty packaging, how are you supposed to get your message out? Ben talks about that in a bit, but first, I needed to explore the world of CBD a bit more, and almost immediately, I hit upon an idea of breathtaking genius before realizing I'd made a mistake. I'm intrigued about flavors. Okay, yeah. So CBD oil then, as I understand from producer Dan, yep. is uh, drops under the tongue, is that? That's one way of taking. Yeah, drops under the tongue. You yeah. can get a spray now, so you just, you just kind of oh, spread okay. it into your... So yeah. what, can I get like strawberry flavoured or mint or whatever? Yeah, you get strawberry, mint, watermelon, um, lavender, lemon, uh, bubblegum. You, you can yeah. pretty much name it. Yeah, oh, you, you, can, you can keep your lavender. You can yeah. yeah you, can, no, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want lavender? No, no. No, okay. Gin, lager. Do you know what? I haven't seen any gin lager flavors, so You're maybe there's an opportunity. You there. can have that one. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely gin and tonic uh, CBD <laughs> oil. End <laughs> of the day. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I haven't tried CBD in an actual gin and tonic because you can put it in a coffee. And what? Yeah, I haven't actually tried that. I don't know why I haven't. You can have like a hemp coffee. Yeah, you can have a hemp coffee. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, big. Uh, that's the way I take it a lot of time with the, with the coffee. Right. Get right. it in a coffee, blend it, mix Cause it we, in. Because um, we spoke about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And you, you, were, uh, you went through the, uh, the, sort of the marijuana plant and the amount of uses out of that plant oh, is astonishing. So that's, that's where, yeah, that's where I kind of got, I found more motivation to, to really put my time and energy behind, behind this movement. Um, so yes, you've got, you know, CBD is one of the hundred and, 15, uh, which are discovering more compounds in the hemp plant. Mm. THC is the compound that gets people high. Um, and so, uh, yeah, CBD is one of them. CBG is another. CBN, uh, there's, there's loads. You, you just, you're just saying US like news networks to me now. Yeah, that's all yeah. that is. NBC, NBC. You've got Fox. <laughs> you've got, yeah, no, you got, um, but uh, so yeah, so I looked into obviously the medicinal side of things. And then I was, I've always been curious of why cannabis is illegal. Um, it just, it, it kind of, bugs me I guess to, to a degree in which humans can't experiment with their own consciousness to a certain level um, you can with alcohol you can with tobacco um, I'm not sure why you come with cannabis anyway I did some research into it and you know this is where the conspiracy hat comes on um, and uh, yeah there was a few reasons which I was like that's not right I don't think that's, that needs to be changed uh, you know one being I think it was President Nixon talks about in his book where they had, you know, the hippie movement in the 60s was a big threat to the government, i.e. people just going, you know what, we don't want to listen to you anymore, we're just not going to, we're going to do it our way. You know, they're potentially under threat of losing their control and power, which wasn't a good thing to them. Um, and so they decided to criminalise cannabis um, uh, and kind of, you know, try and squash that movement, which to some degree they did. Um, you've also got further back in the day companies who were maybe under threat with the potential of hemp coming to market, uh, paper mills and people who would fund politicians to run for office, you know, saying, look, you know, happy to fund you, but I need you to help me out here in XYZ. Um, and so more and more of those reasons came up. Um, uh, they were doing a lot of work in the, in the 40s and 50s around cannabis as a medicinal treatment, even LSD um, as a uh, potential to help with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, obviously with the you know, 
controlled setting and yeah. Um, yeah. psychology therapy as well. Um, and I actually just started, uh, they did the first uh, day for, of a clinical trial looking at LSD as a uh, potential treatment for things like PTSD um, uh, a couple about a month ago, a couple months ago, which was like a huge step. It's been about 60 years since they've done yeah. that. So. Um, anyway, I ramble. And if yeah. I do, just cut me off. It's just like a, like, like a massive sort of CBD dog hunting type geek, aren't you? You're <laughs> a little bit. really yeah, into it. You've, yeah. But, you've so disappeared like, down a rabbit hole there, haven't you? I so, know, yeah. But at least, I mean, well, I suppose that, that that's kind of goes some way towards... Reassuring people that you're not like a, a chancer, then you've actually you know. I'm trying to understand it. Yeah, I'm looking into to, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find, you know, the, the good in in yeah. the in the uh, so in that industry. But the, anyway, I was rambling, and there's yeah, the hemp plant itself is great for a load of different areas. The main ones I talk about are you know um, agriculture, so mm-hmm. they it can help fertilize soil, removing toxins or heavy metals from the ground. They even used it in the Chernobyl disaster in the surrounding areas um, that were affected to try and refertilize the soil. Um, you know, clothing, at the moment we use cotton, which um, is a... It's quite an intensive um, process, isn't it? Yeah, cotton? very yeah. intensive, very water intensive, so a lot mm. of water waste. Um, uh, and also because they're not a very resilient plant, they need a lot of anti-pesticides, which kind of um, pollute the local environment where it's grown. Um, and then you've got the kind of synthetic clothing, which produces up to about 30% of the microplastics in the ocean. Um, and so hemp plant can be a good, I'm not saying it's the only, but it can be a good um, alternative uh, to providing uh, more sustainable clothing, mainly in the production side. Are you wearing any hemp? I'm not at the moment. I'm no, not at the moment. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's hard to hard to get hemp clothing at the moment. So it's uh, yeah, trying to build that market. Is that, is that next on your list, though? It's one, it's, one, it's one of, yeah, it's one of. Looked at hemp clothing. I think if we were to bring out a clothing line under the brand, it would have to be hemp clothing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. So rather weight to us, a bit more sustainable. Yeah. So with your marketing hat back on then, yeah. you've got a product. Yeah. You've sourced it. Yeah. And you uh, tested and blended and you have what you feel is a, uh, an identifiable product. You have a strong brand. Mm. But in this country... Although you can advertise that you have a CBD oil, yeah. you can't say what it's for. Or yeah. you can't say this will help with this, or this will aid this, or this has these sort of benefits. All you can say is this is a CBD oil. Yes. Yeah, you can't. Which that's got to cause all sorts of problems in terms of getting your message out and brand awareness and so on. Yeah, really hard to promote when you can't talk about its benefits, you can't. Uh, you can't even do any Facebook or Google ads for CBD um, or hemp. It's very restrictive in that nature. So yeah. you're, you're confined to slow growth, um, content-driven for us or influencer-driven. Organic, which I suppose Organic. is a, uh, you know... Yeah, there we go. A... Yeah, yeah. It kind of fits then, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And I think at the moment it's because they know there's they need to get tight on the... Um, yeah, legislation. Yeah. Um, so the the market is ahead of, ahead the, of the legislation. Yeah, which, which exactly. is often the government, case. believe it or not, they're quite slow at times. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I think that will loosen up or, f- or open a bit. Um, but yeah, right now it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're fortunate because our goal was to never restrict ourselves to CBD. It was to grow to other health and wellbeing products. Um, we decided to release uh, almost like to split the brand in two. So we've got the CBD side, 
and we've got the more traditional health and well-being side. Yeah. And so for that side, we can promote yeah. uh, and advertise ourselves. Okay. Um, and so it's uh, that's kind of the, the route we're going down. So is there, is there like a, a bit of a truck and trailer approach where there, where you could say, you know, we do this and these are all the health benefits of this. Well, by the way, we also do this. It's yeah, sort of like coming back comes and yeah, come yeah, back. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, there's a gateway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose, uh, I suppose there is, that, that is one way of, of, of doing it then is, is to, you know, uh, by association effectively. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So and that. some people like, for example, you got Danville's area. Do you know Danville's area in the... I do not know. Oh yes, no, I do. Yes, the uh, the um, Instagram poker player, poker yeah. player, millionaire. Yeah, always yeah. seems to be surrounded by women with not many clothes. Yes, and that's essentially his CBD's company marketing strategy. Is yes through association they sell. Uh, their products through that, I guess. Look, um, mm-hmm. you haven't tried that then. I haven't tried the surround myself with loads of women. Yes, yeah. I haven't. No, no, yeah, no. no. I don't. I don't think my but partner Jen would be happy with that. And it's uh, a lot colder yeah. in South Wales as well. So you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I don't know if they'll be flocking uh, to come and hang out in, in Barry or Newport <laughs> or Cardiff. No that, offense, those places. Do you mean Barry is very up and yeah, coming. I is, think yeah. if you listen to the last podcast, you'll actually find out <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. So what are you doing then? So you, you know, presumably you're putting money into buying product, but you can't buy too much product you know, to, to outstrip your own you know, your own demand. Then, so yeah. where, where's the money coming from? Uh, so I self-funded uh, this myself. So I uh, had some you know, so bootstrap savings. Yeah, bootstraps. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was just about getting the fundamentals right. So it's um, I, do you know what I mean? Whatever comes on this is uh, to me. I'm just trying to think of it day by day, um, get the brand in place, get the infrastructure in place to what I can, um, get the fundamentals right, uh, build a good team. So right now we've got a really good team, uh, you know, only small, me and two others at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they've both got, you know, they're hugely talented in the areas that they're uh, focusing on uh, and they genuinely believe in the, the kind of movement. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, we're raising investment at the moment. Um, so we're kind of in the first investment round, got some conversations going on. Uh, and if that happens, then it really opens up to a load of different um, strategies, which we've kind of pre-planned. But for now, it's just to get the fundamentals right, uh, build a solid organic audience, um, yeah, refine the products as we go, um, and yeah, just build some cool content. So we're going to be pushing that side out more. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, was it Cage, Cage Warriors, Cage Raw, Cage Warriors, Cage yeah. Warriors. That that was sort of where you first came into into contact with it then. And I see a lot on on my Instagram. I follow quite a few sports people and boxers okay. in particular. And you know they sometimes they talk about. It. So did you have you looked at the 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 endorsement side via personal social media or? Um, yeah. So we've got. Um there's a few well I know it's just from the sport agency side of things a load of athletes are taking CBD um, and uh, the difficulty for them is if you want to have an athlete ambassador or anything like that it has to be informed sport uh, informed sport um, currently don't do anything with CBD I really think they should um, I think they should really lead that um, there's another a company in America called, called BSCG and they're Olympic standard um, certified uh, kind of like supplement testing company. Um, so we're speaking with them to get our products certified to the Olympic standard, and then we can start working with athletes. Yeah. So that's kind of the goal. So we will eventually. Yeah. You know, I, I know they're taking it. I know they want to take it. I know they want to work with me. It's just a case of get. I want to make sure I'm certified first. The worst case scenario is them take the products and 
something happens and you know they're banned for six months or you know it's that's not good um, I mean all our products are lab tested so they're tested from the manufacturer side and yeah. then I spend a bit more to get them personally lab tested just so it's uh, I know what I'm saying is true yeah. so, so you, you could end up being like official yeah. supplier to a club then as yes, well as sure. yeah, so you, yeah, could, yeah. you could end up doing it that way or, yeah you know, for that, sure I think it will come part as their uh, they have a certain I guess nutrition uh, yeah yeah because they're, they're, they're the sponsored athletes. like you know somebody will a club will be sponsored by science and sports or that will be their official nutritional partner exactly so Pecora could be exactly your official CBD partner from, from that point of view exactly right? so that yeah that kind of so there's, there's a huge amount of potential yeah you're just kind of uh, waiting planning plotting yeah it's just uh, just doing what I can every day yeah waiting planning plotting all three um, yeah no it is just for me I just want to make sure what I can do in house is is set um, and to the highest quality, and then when the market is maybe a bit more ready, it's then we're kind of there and waiting. Um, so that's kind of the stage we're at now. Um, but yeah, so it's early startup. It's good fun. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's good. It's looking good anyway. <laughs> the conversations, good, and everything good. happening, all right. What, what is the biggest lesson you have learned in Kokora so far? Then, what, what, uh, what when you look at it and you go biggest lesson. That was that was a big day, or that was a profound moment. Anything like that that you can look at and go, this altered the direction of the company, or it altered the way that I think about how I'm going about this business. Um, oh, good question. I mean, the kind of biggest lessons I've learned, either whether it's in Kokora or before Kokora, have, have more been about um, going back to mindset, more about. Um, staying present like often I find myself either worrying about past stuff or worrying about potential scenarios in the future um, and and it's just I, th I think maybe partly because the fact the industry is still developing or the market is still developing while you're trying to build an authentic and genuine brand and something that you you can honestly take to market um, I think while you're waiting for that to happen that naturally teaches you to be a bit more present and just take things day to day yeah like you could only control so much exactly there's, there's, there is stuff control. that is out of your hand and you can keep an eye on it yeah, yeah. but there's no sense in worrying about it because there's nothing you can do about nothing that nothing you can do about that and you almost like don't want to put your energy towards that just focus on exactly what task is next what you can do uh, be a bit, operate a bit more day to day so Kakura has naturally taught me that I mean the lockdown happening was like we launched the business in we launched the brand softly in February and when did we go into lockdown was it March was it like uh, mid-March yeah mid-to-late mid March yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was during launching a brand and in that circumstances also comes the challenges so um, naturally lockdown just allowed me to take a bit of time and um, just reflect on you know what my motivations were what I wanted to do um, so yeah I learned a lot through lockdown in that sense in terms of the actual business side I guess collaboration is key in this industry, um, making sure that you know who you're working with and at every single facet of the business has to be like really genuine and, and very uh, kind of like have very strong connections in, in those areas, whether it's from manufacturer to marketing to uh, product development, whatever it is. Um, and in terms of the the uh, a pivot moment, we was when we decided to become more than just CBD. Um, and that just opened us up to a lot more potential and um, other products like multivitamins or protein supplements 
green capsules. Uh, yeah, looking at things like mahuka honey, like what else can we do that can add some value? Yeah. Um, vitamin D specific stuff because that's huge for coronavirus. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you see. Do you watch Joe Rogan or listen to Joe Rogan? I, I, no, I, I, I don't. I don't listen to any podcasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've been sarcastic or real? A little bit. No, yeah. No, I, uh, Joe Rogan, I don't get uh, around to that. But it feels to me like, um, you know, uh, you, know you, can, you it's easy to get fixated on one thing, you know, and you go, right, this is this is what we're going to do with this. But actually what you've done is you've broadened. You're still fixated on uh, a particular area, but not a particular product. So you're still very much on this mental health and well-being and uh, holistic view and uh, you know sort of uh, complementary medicines and, and, and that sort of that, that side of the, the, the sector yeah. and that CBD oil then is a part of that so yes. it's much more of a broader range of things than you know, so Cora is a well-being brand not a CBD brand is that for that? sure yeah for sure and uh, as I said CBD is great and it has loads of uh, benefits which we're, we're discovering more and more every day but do you mean it's not the be all and end all like you there's so many things that go into our mental and physical makeup that uh, you can't just have one pill, one product um, that can solve that. For example, like you know, we released uh, or we're releasing a CBD oil specific for sleep, and one of the messages that uh, I like to get out there, which I mean, we can't um, package everything up that's health and well-being, obviously, so mm. we don't want to. Um, but it's just making people aware of other things, like if you're watching TV late at night or on your phone or something, um, that's going to reduce the melatonin production in your eyes. Mm. Melatonin is the thing that gets you to fall asleep and also have recovery, uh, like, you know, um, rest and recovery sleep. Um, do you mean, if you're taking a CBD oil for sleep, but also watching TV or looking at your phone in bed, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, one, one doesn't... One doesn't uh, it's not yeah. a wonder thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's got to be uh, part of a routine that can help optimise your health. Or part of a lifestyle and mindset. Exactly, 100% that. Yeah. Um, so it's getting those messages out at the same time, which, um, yeah, is, is kind of the direction we're going in. So yeah, you're absolutely right. am right and yet people are still surprised by this but do look forward to your gin infused cbd oil in future and just remember where you heard of it first so that was ben hoffmeister founder and creative director of kokora and you can find out a bit more about their products at kokora-cbd.com details in the episode notes for this podcast when i first started talking to ben about kokora i really wanted to focus on his supply chain i mean it still amazes me that people are able to find suppliers of all sorts of things from all over the world. I don't know why it surprises me, but it does every time. But actually, once we got into it, I became a little bit obsessed with the conundrum of marketing a product when you can't say what it does and what it's for. So Ben has taken some careful and important steps to work around that. First off, he has a strong brand, a strong name, although there are similar sounding products on the market. But it's also a cool brand. The logo, the packaging, the website, it feels premium. I don't think you'd have too much trouble picking it out on the shelf. And secondly, he's employing his experience from his sports marketing venture here as well. He's identified that market, the opportunities, the influencers, and the partnerships, which don't necessarily need the overt hard sell style that you'd sometimes associate with a new product in the market. It's a softer, more personal and patient approach. And he has to be patient because right now, 
the market is still finding its feet and the regulation has yet to catch up. That's it for this edition of the Accidental Startup Podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a relaxed and ache-free rating and review on your podcast provider. The Accidental Startup is an Eat Sleep Media production. It's hosted by Anchor, and the music in this episode can be found on Artlist. Artlist.